0: Hi, I'm
1: E. And I'm F. And, and hey, hey, you know, you know what? what? This is the Seasonal Minisode! Woo! woo Or should I say, because, <laughs> you know, spooky. Um, oh my goodness. That was my best howl. I am obviously not a howler. trained. Yes. <laughs> so this is the seasonal, <laughs> seasonal Minisode. And just for clarification, we're saying it's a Seasonal Minisode because... Neither E nor I celebrate Halloween. Not that we hate you if you do. It's fine if you... Whatever if you do. Um, But E and I don't celebrate Halloween. E for what reasons again? I I, I just don't know that it happens. It just kind of whoops by. It's Halloween. Hello. Because no, yeah. we live in the Philippines and literally it's like September. It's Christmas. So like Halloween, yeah. it's like woo! And then spook and then woo! But it's such a small blip on the radar. And it gets it gets eaten up also by like Mm-hmm. A feast of all saints so it gets yeah ho- yeah it gets swallowed up by the whole if you guys don't know about um the i just want to mention this because i was in a call with an, an american person recently and she, we were talking about like holidays in the philippines for some reason and i mm. mentioned yeah november 1 is a big do in the philippines it's going to be a bit strange for us and she's like oh why and i'm like well um generally it's a day that we go to the cemetery and have karaoke parties and she's like what I'm like, yeah, we have barbecues in the cemetery on November 1st. And she's like, why? And we're like, well, it's kind of like having a family reunion, except that part of the family is dead. Okay. And she's like, that's a thing? And I'm like, yep. So yeah, that's a big, that's a thing. So that kind of, I mean, it kind of swallows up Halloween because… October 31st you're probably like cooking all the food for the for the barbecue the next day so you, yeah. you don't have time and some people try to do it earlier and so they have it on October 31st or they make salubong which is very strict if you think about it na- you go there at night on October 31st and you stay until like November 1 blah 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 anyway yeah yes, point is <laughs> he doesn't celebrate it because it just kind of happens I don't celebrate it partially I want to say faith-based reasons but Hmm. mostly to be honest it's less faith-based reasons and more because I'm the kind of person who wears a costume every single day and does not need an excuse to wear one when that became a thing in my life I sort of stopped needing a one day a year to really wear a costume so (laughs) so that's kind of why yeah (laughs) makes sense to me so this is not, this is, yeah, but 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 in, in, in the spirit of everybody else who, who does prefer to consider autumn spooky season, this is the spooky-ish episode. The spooky adjacent mm-hmm. mini-sode. Yes. Yes, we will try. We will try. Ish. I, yeah. And, and <laughs> today's episode, so to so, so start the episode, E, what do you know about vampires? you can jump right in. What do you know about vampires? <laughs> Go for it.
0: Okay. Well... Um, I know Dracula which I've read multiple times it's one of my favorite books for some reason did you actually find it <laughs>
1: scary I'm actually planning to read Ooh. Dracula again because of the fact that it's epistolary meaning it's letter form and as yes. I mentioned in the previous episode I'm trying to learn to write letters in an old timey way <laughs>
0: I, w- I, I do love the structure of the epistolary structure oh, what I found scary about Dracula was not the not the ambience, not the fog and the howling. it was more of the malice of Dracula because yeah. I feel like they don't really focus on that. It's just like ooh monster drinking blood, and then it feels like a myth already, but Dracula was scary he He's was evil um, yeah he he was drinking. Mina,
1: uh, can we spoiler here? It's it's so it's it's in the public domain. Just so you know, okay, fine. It's, it's, the <laughs> book is so old that you can legally publish fanfiction about it and earn money from the fanfiction. <laughs> legit, it's that old. Okay, so he
0: he even uh, when he started to drink Mina Harper's blood, Harker Harker's blood. He she was he put her husband in a drugged sleep. And then drank her blood from there. It's like for me that's that's like unnecessarily lengths to go if you if you're just looking for food if you're just that he kind wasn't of doing monster. it for food.
1: It's implied no. in the book he was doing it for revenge like he, he told yeah, me really he... wanted
0: to hurt and he did it in the like the best slash worst way possible. I was like that's scary. the intent the malice behind it that's what I found scary just about to,
1: just to point out, I just want to just to call the attention. It is very triggering what I'm about to say but I watched um, an analysis of... Actually, no, I didn't watch. I was Mm -hmm. reading some reviews about aforementioned legally publishable fan fiction because there are obviously a lot Mm -hmm. of fan fiction about Dracula, right? That gets published like their own spin on Dracula, their own sequels about Dracula. One of the, There was comments on Goodread about this one that I'm not going to mention the title. I said, I don't want to bash the author accidentally. But they were commenting that they didn't like this take because they made Mina in love with... And it's very common after the Francis Ford Coppola movie that that's a, th- a spin that they put, that they make Mina in love with the Count. When in fact, yeah. if you read the book, the source material, what the Count does to Mina is nothing short of assault. It is a metaphor yeah. for... Essentially, it is, a, it is a metaphor for sexual assault. Um, because she's also made to drink from Dracula. Like, I remember the line: "I had, to, I must, I had to either suffocate or swallow." That was mm. the line that she says in the in the book, and that really stuck with me. So he's very monstrous. Dracula is is terrifying, not because he drinks blood, but because he just is a bad bad guy, <laughs> a very bad guy. Yes, yes. Yeah. So so that's what you know about vampires. What else do you know about <laughs> vampires? <laughs>
0: That's, that's one thing I know about vampires. I did actually love the BBC version, but not for the reasons that I love the book. And I already know that's a controversial opinion. Uh, and then my other experience with vampires is probably Twilight is my other deep dive. It's my only other deep dive because I love Dracula so much as mm-hmm. a story that Twilight is... It is another story, but it is vampires. But I did deep dive into that too. So Interestingly, we did have
1: a friend in university who actually deep dived into both and compared and contrasted them, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And and yes. found that that um Meyer because she was an English lit major, right? She might have like mirrored some story beats of Dracula in Twilight. Partly
0: the, the first person it's ish
1: but also like the reveal. I remember that being a point that our our friend mentioned. The way that she, that that she finds that Bella finds out that Edward is a is a vampire is very similar to the way that Jonathan Harker figures takes out. Takes off Dracula... his
0: shirt and sparkles. No, Dracula
1: doesn't take off his shirt. And sw- no, 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 Dracula does take off his shirt. And when when he makes Mina drink, though no. he doesn't. She doesn't drink from his hand. She drinks from his chest. Yeah, he opens up a vein in his chest. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Twilight, yes, continue. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to talk more about it because if, if you make me start on vampires, I will not stop. That's because true. it has it has become one of those things that I've become even more obsessed. Like I was passively obsessed with them. Actually, when I was a kid, I used to be deathly afraid of vampires. I actually kept like a clove of garlic on my windowsill, and I was you literally did. like, Yeah, like I was afraid. Like I'm gonna be like, why does the room smell of of garlic and it's because i would literally go like little baby frankie go to the kitchen grab a, a head of garlic and put it on the window <laughs> until it began to smell because <laughs> i was that afraid of a vampire okay, I, I love that okay oh. but so the, the the character development what i'm gonna get to from baby frankie till now frankie is is, is huge <laughs> so you continue with the first <laughs> oh man
0: the Twilight is Twilight is harder toilet i didn't like Twilight for its supernatural themes. I really loved it for its family, which is oh my goodness. Sorry, I just realized it's one reason I also love Dracula as the because oh, yeah. the the other main characters were the three
1: male best friends. Yeah, uh, Lucy, the wife of, of the no, the best friend of Mina, who's yeah, fiance. but she was also the fiance. Fiance. Oh yeah. Oh, they didn't get married. <laughs> they didn't oh, yeah, get married because. So, She was the
0: fiancé of the nobleman, right? So you have three best friends. You have Mina, Lucy, Jonathan Harker all fighting together to uh, stop the Count from taking away those whom they loved. And it was very much a family that was not blood. But the way they fought for each other, admired
1: one another. It was a blood family in a sense Uh, because of... But not the blood because of the shared blood. It's because they were fighting somebody who drank blood. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Don't you mean thanks?
0: Oh my goodness. <coughs> um, uh, uh, um, anyway. <laughs> but that's something I love about uh, Dracula, the book. And even Dracula in BBC. If we put Dracula aside, it was very much about the the strength of the human spirit. So there are certain characters that would just shine suddenly when compared to the, the ones who were self-interested or the ones who uh, defended only themselves. There were certain people who just exploded. Like the way they were written was so good. It was about the power of the human spirit. So that aside, Twilight, I also love that it was more about family. It was about this big family that wasn't related by blood. They were all adopted, more or less,
1: children. <laughs> Technically still blood, just in a different way. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, the, the same person turned almost all of them. No, the same person but turned all of them, except for... No, not for... all. Wait. No, didn't um, didn't Carlisle turn everyone ex- in the Collins? Except I and in Jasper. Oh, who turned Alice and Jasper? Oh, no, they, they were they were adopted, like, as vampires already, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, they yeah. found yeah. the Collins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, I just... I love the story about this big family who took care of each other and watched out for one another. Not just because they were vampires, but because they were... Uh, they were a family. Those were my favorite parts in the book. Mm. The werewolves and the vampires. Because... I think, I'm sure, actually, no, I blogged about it. Stephanie Meyer writes very, not very much well. I, I'm just going to say it. But she writes family interactions uh, stunningly. She doesn't tell. She shows, like, just the way they talk to each other, the way they move around each other. She doesn't need
1: to... She's meh at the love story, but she's great at the family drama.
0: Yeah, or the she's family
1: relationship. At, at plotting too and everything. But the moment... <laughs> We will Sorry. get into it. We will have a separate Twilight. We were actually planning a separate Twilight episode because Twilight Renaissance is real and whether you love it or oh, hate yeah. it is oh, a yeah. cultural, it is a watershed moment for culture, for pop culture as a whole. So y'all prepare for that. <laughs> we going to discuss it and we're not, we're gonna not, ba- we're not gonna bash it actually. I think we're gonna be good geeks about it and just talk about I it. I think we
0: are. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if I don't <laughs> actually like it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun and and. Frankie. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay, okay, okay. Um, where was I? Yeah, family. This-
1: so the twi- that's what you know about Twilight. So vampires are Dracula and Twilight and family bo- b- family bonds. I just wanted yes. to point out that another really good kind of pop culture and I might get shot for this, another really cute pop culture vampire thing is the Hotel Transylvania franchise.
0: Oh, which yeah. is also about
1: family, and I love it. It's like awesome. it's just so Like, I cried. (laughs) I, go to Chesapeake 1. I'm not gonna lie. Can relate to Drac and his love for Mavis. And just, (laughs) so, yes. Anyway, what is it with vampires and family? It's really interesting.
0: I know, right? I really want to explore it now. It's like, either it's challenging the bonds
1: outside of Uh, Traditionally Traditionally speaking Like and you see a lot of And there's a thing with with. Sorry I interrupted you The bonds of you were saying Sorry Oh No Go for it Okay Sorry Because traditionally Like there's a trope With vampires Okay so I got into vampires again Where do I start? So from a little Baby Baby child Who was afraid of vampires Somehow I Aged into a Person who Identifies Not in the there, There are actually people Who identify as sanguivores Like it's a it's a occult thing, like they identify as living vampires. Okay. I'm not that. <laughs> in
0: okay. fact, I like
1: my steaks medium, not rare. Um, yeah. I see. Yeah, and I won't eat in the go'an because it smells funny. Sorry. Uh, I'm not afraid of blood though, like it doesn't bother me, but yeah. But I identify as a vampire in everything else because I mostly because I'm very, 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 very pale and uh, and I don't like the sun. I don't like heat. Anything, yeah, and I like you know foggy, cold, atmospheric places like you know, forks is totally my jam, my jelly, and my peanut butter. I like the idea of a place where it's <laughs> rainy all the time. Um, and yes, and I've been told because parts of my body have never seen a tan ever that if I wear shorts, particularly my legs, but they're covered in like psoriasis scars, but the parts that aren't scarred are so white apparently that they glow in the sun. <laughs> like, that's a comment <laughs> I've gotten. So, yeah, I'm a vampire. <laughs> I see, I've gone from like. I- and funny story, my mom did, my mom being, you know, con, con, very good Christian mommy. She didn't want me to read Twilight because she, she, she didn't want me to be into vampires and, and stuff. And I told my mom, like, jokes on you. <laughs> I am a vampire. <laughs> still didn't work. We joked that, like, you and I had this conversation because I, I'm a vampire, but I like eating garlic. And then you, and, you had an explanation for it. Garlic oh, wait, and vampires. Like, why, why, do, why do vampires not like, because you know this, why do vampires not like garlic?
0: Because garlic is a cleansing agent. At least in Dracula, yeah. right? Uh, the Dracula family were were Satanists, and yeah, Dra- were, cool, the son of the devil. Yes, basically. So when Van Helsing comes in, he brings these things like salt, holy water, garlic, because they're all cleansing agents. So supposedly yes. they keep out.
1: So the canon, yeah. so the canon that Esther and I have figured out is because technically, cause I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian vampire. Cleansing agents don't bother me, which is <laughs> like. Which by the way is literally a running joke in some like vampire comedies. Like there's this like one meme where it's like, uh, the guy takes out the cross and is like, Ha, huh, Vampire Stay Back and the vampire goes to Mexican to Mexican drama. I think the vampire goes, Ha, huh, I'm a Jewish vampire. It has no effect on me. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, so okay. So, I said that because I'm not... I'm a Christian <laughs> vampire. That's why I'm okay with garlic and holy water and all of that stuff. But because... So, my my oh. canon is because technically vampires are corpses. Essentially, they're reanimated corpses in the same vein as zombies. Actually, if you look through the historical precedent, before we got the sexy vampire, which is really Bram Stoker kind of created the sexy and menacing vampire. Or not really him. Um, you can go maybe... I think the first real case of the sexy vampire would be either the tri- the trifecta of Sheridan Le Fanu's Carmilla, so it's the sexy lesbian vampire, um, Polidori's uh, The Vampire, and which was ba- actually originally bits of it were written by Lord Byron, and then John Polidori, who was Lord Byron's doctor, took it and then turned it into like fanfic about his love hate relationship with Lord Byron, <laughs> and then Varney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood which is a penny dreadful so those three kind of like that's a sexy vampire story Uh, kind of the beginning of it but Bram Stoker really with Dracula cemented that before him though the vampiric legend as it were because every culture has a a ghoul of some sort that eats or feeds on on blood or whatever it's kind of more like a zombie so zombies are kind of the progenitor of vampires in a sense because a lot of them were ghouls like the the hopping vampire for example in, in China essentially is a corpse that hops (laughs) <laughs> um and yes, the vrikol vricol, i think is how it's said in, in the in the eastern european tradition they were um uh, plague bringers they brought death with them mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily so it was a lot of like and that's what what brings death being around corpses so it was kind of like a, a personification of an epidemic wow this is so fitting when we're mm-hmm. recording this mm-hmm. yes, yes what is a covid-19 actually to the to that point um just jump, jumping ahead, there is a modern retelling of the vampire mythos by Guillermo del Toro called The Strain, which literally turns, which returns the vampire mythos to its original plague-bringer narrative where they are transmitted through capillary worms. So it's okay. a vampire, yeah, so uh, the human-to-human transmission.
0: Oh, that is so the kingdom, though. At king,
1: Yeah, yeah. the so kingdom the- is also the same. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think... Yeah. So, so that's it, kind of... Um, it's worms. Exactly. Through the the kind of enter through like it can get to your eyes or whatever. It's gross. Point is, um, (laughs) yeah. So vampires originally from the very, very beginning, the very beginning, vampires were a way to kind of personify these dark aspects of of reality. So it's just plague and famine because before that's when vampires would, uh, that's when people used vampires to explain away things. But over time, what I what, what, the, what the novelist did, and by the way, a lot of my analysis is from this awesome, awesome YouTuber called Maven of the Eventide, who you should check out on YouTube. I love her. She just talks exclusively about vampire fiction and its reflection of pop culture. And this is why I got into vampires really deep during quarantine because I was marathoning her since March. Because what else <laughs> are you going to do when you're stressed out at home, right? But become a giant nerd about this really niche topic, bloodsuckers. Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm over talking, Van. Like you haven't said anything, and I oh, feel like oh, blah, blah blah blah. I'm blah, listening. Blah Speech. blah blah. <laughs> I'm a vampire. Blah, blah blah. That's the count. That's, that's the, the, count the count from Sesame Street. How, the, no, that's from Hotel Transylvania. They they are similar. ha ha ha. Yeah, no, cause ha ha ha. One, <laughs> two, three. That's the count. Ha ha ha.
0: Okay, He's return just, ha. to the history. Sorry.
1: Okay, so but like when you get to. So, I'm going to talk about personal ties, just a jump a little bit. So, after okay. the whole, you know, Sheridan Lafanu, Carmilla, all of that, it became representative of these, instead of it being re- reflections of darker parts of society and reality, like death and famine, it became, the vampire started becoming um, a representation or a way to personify and deal with darker aspects of more, you know, the intimate human nature. So, remember in like the two pods, I don't know how many episodes ago we talked about the shadow <laughs> self. Right, that whole like concept yep. of the shadow and the ego. So yeah, in a sense, a vampire is the shadow personified. He is not the animus, I would say, because the animus is the idea, blah, but blah blah, 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 blah. But like basically the personification of the shadow. So whether it was like you know uh, sexual repression or actually it's a lot of sexual. Repression. It's a lot of sexual stuff because that was the thing. That was the, that period was like a lot of like sexual repression. I think it's also why vampires bite you on the neck because the neck is an erogenous zone. Um, But yeah. Actually, no, no, no. The vampires biting people on the neck thing, apparently. So they discovered this unoriginal manuscript of Dracula by Bram Stoker that was more saucy. And apparently Bram edited it down to be less saucy. (laughs) <laughs> so that it could be published in England because it was very saucy. And the only survived. So it was translated into Iceland. It's called Powers of Darkness. And they were like, why is it so racy? Apparently it's the it's the drafts, it's the first draft of Dracula. And right. it's more racy. And in that draft, Dracula drinks from the chest. So he but moves it to the neck because that was somehow less yeah. sexy.
0: No, that makes sense. It's uh, I I think were you about to mention like the carrot is an easier place to get. No, Blood.
1: I was going to mention that it was some, somehow simultaneously less sexy and more sexy. Like, I, think by, I think by making Dracula bite people on the neck, Bram Stoker made the neck sexy.
0: Oh, well, you know. Vampires actually-
1: invented hickeys. There. Um, anyway, sorry. This is getting more. <laughs> when you talk about vampirism, depravity and the darker parts of human nature are, are tantamount. I think that's why the sexy vampire trope is a thing. They personify um, the more animalistic Sides of nature. At least that was originally yeah, what they were designed to do.
0: It right? Makes sense because if you look at uh, Der Tod or death in Elizabeth Das musical, yes. Right. Oh, he's. You could almost think of him as a vampire, like, Gentleman. You know, death. Well, not really, Gentleman. He's he's very aggressive. He to lure Elizabeth over to you know the, the dark side,
1: <laughs> aka <Das>. yeah, hell
0: <laughs> he. He actually, in the play anyway, he kills one of her daughters because it's just like, look, she's over here. Come over here. Right. that's that's kind of it's a very twisted way to look at it. But if you think about it, um, Elizabeth was fighting with that sense of wanting to die and wanting her own life at the same time. That's the struggle she had throughout the entire play. And when you're saying like oh, it's a in a way it's a personification of the darker side of a society for her completely that was lim-
1: complete liberation something. from from the yeah. persona right complete and, liberation and from expectation
0: yeah and the way they play him is that it, he's someone charming he's someone that you would want to quote unquote spend the rest of your life with that kind of passion that kind of aggression but it's it's actually a dark side but in her eyes it would have been something very attractive so I feel yeah. like the, Kind of what it is. Right?
1: That, that's, a, that, that's very much what they were. Like, it was a way... Funnily enough, in, I think Bram might have meant to denounce this because he was supposedly a very pious guy. I don't, I don't remember very well what they say about it. But instead of... It's interesting that the mythos has evolved from it being something horrifying to it being something intriguing you know, this personification. I think that's why you have seen the vampire adapt from this horror, this like black and white villain to an antihero because as a society, we're moving more and more towards understanding that we cannot totally condemn our dark side. We must meet it. We must understand it. Blah, 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 blah. And that leads me to this kind of like interesting point why I got into vampires really. And it was because of Maven of the Eventide was because of our discussion of one of my favorite vampires she was the one who really kind of, I sense, turned me over completely to being my full vampire self. And that was Marceline, the vampire queen from Adventure Time. Okay. I, I love her. Because Marceline is, is... There aren't a lot of really good female vampires because usually female vampires fall super hard into the slutty, sexy vampire trope. It starts with The Brides of Dracula, where there really exists just to seduce. And they are very one-dimensional. Even Carmilla in, in the original lefanu text is very one-dimensional. You guys can check that out. It's a super short novella. It doesn't take long to read Carmilla, I swear. So it's super, they're one-dimensional, okay? So fully fleshed, and this is an episode that Maven of the Eventide actually brings up, fully fleshed out female vampires are hard to find. And Marceline is one of the really, really good ones because she's not a goody two-shoes. She's a good character. She's on the side of the heroes. But she's also very naughty. I think it's the word. She, she pranks people. She does evil stuff. She, not evil stuff. Bad, naughty stuff. She's a rebel. She's a rock star. But she's also very considered... And she has a lot of negative traits. Like, very okay. o- out in the open. But she's, considered, she's still, still considered to be on the good side. And she, it's an incredibly nuanced portrayal of, in a sense, what it's like to be human. And also what it's like to grow up. Which is is ironic because when you're a vampire, right, you're ageless. You don't really grow (laughs) up. You don't grow old. But what's interesting here is that even if even if Marceline does not age, she does mature, and that's something that's covered in in Adventure Time. This the the idea of um, even somebody who essentially is preserved uh, can still progress can still learn, can still grow, no matter how old and how stuck you are, which is really cool. And they do that in Adventure Time through this mini-series called Stakes, which is just all about... She doesn't really... Marceline doesn't really... She appears in like 45 of the 200, 100 plus episodes. She's not in in all of the episodes, but she's a huge presence. She's a crowd pleaser. And because she's such a crowd pleaser, they actually made this whole mini-series about her called Stakes, which talks about her becoming a vampire, how she became one, talks about her origin story, um, and all of that and it, basically the premise of the series is that Marceline discovers a way through um, Princess Bubblegum, who is a scientist, to extract her vampiric essence so that she can become mortal because after a thousand years she's tired of being immortal she's tired of being a vampire she wants to be immortal because she feels like being a vampire was the becoming a vampire was the culmination of all the bad stuff that had happened to her in her life and now that she wants to kind of move on with her life she wants to start fresh as a mortal not a human because she was never really human she was always part you're introduced to her dad in the series and he's apparently the yeah the grand ruler of their version of hell um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's a very weird cartoon. But she's mortal. Um, and so that's that's extracted from her. But because it's extracted, it has to go somewhere. So effectively, that vampire, Pyrrhic essence comes back in the form of the last X number of vampires that she killed. Because apparently before she got turned into a vampire, she was actually a vampire slayer. And Ooh. she actually got turned into a vampire and she was killing the last vampire on, on the planet. Uh, which is how she became the vampire queen because she killed the vampire king and she's the last vampire left. So she's the oh vampire oh queen.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. What a ba- Sorry. Yeah,
1: it's, it's beautiful. And when I... You guys, I'm not going to explain everything here because you should watch the Maven of the Eventide episode on it because it made me cry. But what I loved about stakes, and this is a, not really a, spo- a spoiler for Maven's video, um, is that they use that plot of unbecoming a vampire and then dealing with... And then staking, re-killing all these... Dealing with yeah. these vampires from her past as a metaphor for dealing with your own not even a super obscure one, because each of these vampires was a moment in Marceline's past, a bad memory. Yeah. So she's coming back and she it's a it's a metaphor for therapy, <laughs> essentially. It's become a metaphor for dealing with trauma and and mental illness, which is what I loved about this series. And so again, that's what I love about vampires, is that because of their kind of affinity with the night, but because they're not as bestial as at least usually they're not portrayed as bestially, they're the if you think about all of the Creatures of the night. You have werewolves, vampires, ghosts, blah, blah, blah. The most human are, I mean, okay, maybe ghosts, but vampires. <laughs> Look, ghosts, sometimes not because they can sometimes just be spirits stuck in a time loop, right? But vampires are the most human in that they're aware of the time they're in. They're conscious. They, are, they have agency. They're able to physically do things. They can move things. They can touch things. They're basically human and everything but something. Something's missing. Something is lost. Something sure. is damaged. Something is different. Um, and so because of that nature of a vampire as that kind of creature, they've become a really great way in literature and in art to deal with, you know, the parts of human nature about that, about humanity. They're they're a really great way to to examine humanity, you know, um, in questions about, yeah. Right. Like, think about it. Um, think about one of the tropes, you talk about vam- family, right? One of the tropes of vampires, and funnily enough, there is this trope in vampirism called Our Vampires Are Different, because literally no two authors will make the same kind of vampire. So you have vampires that can walk in the sun, vampires that can't, vampires that have no souls, vampires that have souls, vampires that have a soul and have it removed and can be resold. Thank you. Buffy the Vampire Slayer also has some of the best vampires. Um, so all vampires are different. Uh, but um, what's interesting about a lot of them is that they tend to come together in packs. Right?
0: Yeah. They have... Yes.
1: Cov- I think they're called covens, right? In in the Cullen one, they're called covens. Generally, they use that term for a lot of them, for a lot of different vampires. Yeah, and but what families, we do in the
0: shadows, they are flatmates. Flat,
1: literally flatmates. <laughs> I love that. What, do you do, what we do in the shadows is a beautiful depiction of modern vampirism. And I love it. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous and funny and just so sweet. And anyway... Yeah. Taikawa is his boss, <laughs> boss lord. Um, yeah,
0: but even the series. The uh, series sorry. is also so cute. And Laszlo and Nadja are my favorite immortal couple, besides Nikki and Joe from the old guard. They are my two favorite immortal
1: couples. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's hard to compete with Nikki's nose. <laughs> it, it is I know hard. no vampire that has Nikki's nose.
0: <laughs> Nadja, Nadja can compete. I I think. No, Nandor. But Nandor is, like, alone forever, so...
1: Anyway, point... (laughs) Where were we? But a lot of them come together as families because... uh, And this is interesting because if you think about it, vampires are, like, elves in a way. Like, remember Tolkien? Tolkien's elves, they hold themselves off from the doings of man because... And that's why, like, you know, you're not supposed to fall in love with a human being because they die and you don't. And in many ways the elves envy the human's death and that's a trope in a lot of vampire fiction where you have the immortal envying the mortals for death like some of them outright try to die some of them just keep going on they live because it's a a routine to be alive to stay it's like it's a survival instinct but they don't actually want to live because after a hundred bajillion years whatever you get bored And, and also you watch everybody you love die and yeah. so you you tend to congregate and stick with the people who understand you and that's why vampires come together and that's, that's the idea of bond. We're bonded by this shared experience. We're bonded by this. When you're reborn as a vampire even your past is, is useless. You could have been a, a stable boy but you can elevate yourself to the level of aristocrat because you have... Hundreds of years under your belt. And at some point, what rank you were in, you were alive, doesn't matter because what matters now is this vampire experience. And in a way, it's something that also speaks to humanity in that we tend to congregate around people or we tend to stick with people who have very similar trauma. Because becoming a vampire is trauma, right? It, it does if you if you look at if you look at your friendships, there are people who either can distinctly understand your either the vampire falls in love with a mortal, right, who is willing to understand the vampire's trauma, even if they or, and in some cases even enter it by becoming a vampire themselves, right? Yeah. Or they congregate around other vampires who. Do share that trauma But even in vampire society You have some vampires Who are benign And deal with their trauma In healthy ways They try to contribute Like for example In Twilight Carlisle Becoming a doctor right? Or you have vampires Who decide They just want to see The world burn So people who deal with trauma In different ways Because trauma affects Everyone differently And so it's a, and, and Stakes um, Highlights the, the idea Of vampirism Now becoming a modern day Metaphor for You know These darker sides Like mental illness And what I like about it Is Marceline's a hero She's a damaged hero, and the whole story is not about her triumph, like defeating them, erasing them, getting rid of these dark parts, these literally her demons. But actually, spoiler alert, in the end, she embraces them. Uh, Spoiler alert for the series by the end of the arc, she's still a vampire. She becomes a vampire again, but she's grown afterwards she realizes I didn't have to not become a vampire to grow I have grown through this experience and I can accept that this is who I am now and I can live with it and I can still have a fulfilling happy life despite the fact that I have had to that this is stuff that's happened to me and it can't be erased it's in essence she recognizes that it's that in a sense the stuff that's happened to me is what's made me me and it might not have been good and I some yeah I do kind of still wish it didn't happen but I'm able to continue with my life and and live and for me, that is what has drawn me to the vampiric metaphor for myself now. Because, <laughs> aside from the fact that, you know, being in quarantine is sort of like being confined to a coffin. Mm. Yes. And the sun almost <laughs> never enters my room because my blinds are always drawn. Because I hate the sun. The light bulb. Anyway. <laughs> death. What was I saying? <laughs> I'm not sure what to So say. what I like about it is that as someone who is coping with... So I didn't have a great year last year because of my mental illness and because I tried to hide it, deny it, mask it, say it was okay, shove it under a rug, deal with it myself. In a sense, I tried to stifle my shadow. Right? I tried to stifle it and pretend it didn't really exist and I had it under, quote-unquote, under control. And this year, I kind of let it out of its box and met it and... Talk to it and waltz with my shadow self. And I've learned that while her existence, that essence of myself, my particular brand of shadow, makes it so that I'm not palatable to everyone, it has, in a sense, also attracted the tribe of people that I do have around me. And this bat has found other bats to roost with because we're all batty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That does actually make perfect sense.
1: So people wonder like when did the vampire go from becoming a villain to becoming an anti-hero? I think it's when we decided when we learned that it made more sense to embrace our dark side and talk to it and meet it and 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 have a dialogue with it than just fear it. You can make yeah, you can I make the monster your friend. Talk
0: about um, Robert Pattinson becoming from vampire to bat finally
1: and then getting the coronavirus
0: <laughs> which is a oh, disease man.
1: transmitted by bats and it was just like this is horrible and just, I shouldn't find this funny but also knowing Robert Pattinson because he's so chaotic he probably found it funny
0: he has a great sense of humor he's
1: great he is a, he is just I love him because like when he was talking about like about how he wanted to play Edward he read the book and was like can I play him creepy and you know what you know what Catherine Hardwick I think you should because it would have added to the performance like this creepy guy in love would have added you know what we've all been creepy and to play Edward that way and then have that dialogue be there in this, that would have been interesting. So, you know what? Our was ahead of his time. Ahead of his time, our Or should we say, our bats. Go, our bats. I'm really excited oh for the Batman. God. I'm excited. No, that's what hey, they're calling I, 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 him now. That's what they're calling him now. Like they called uh, Ben Affleck's Bat- Batman, Batfleck. So, they're calling our Batman, our bats. Or if they're not, they should. Congratulations! After so many years, you finally—the vampire—finally turned into a bat. Took you long. Congratulations!
0: I should say, for no reason, that Vampire Diaries needs a special mention. I just remembered how big. Oh yeah, no,
1: it's so good. The show, in a way, somewhere season four, season five. (laughs) in a sense it's so good in the sense that it really transcended the books. It really went beyond the okay, books. Okay, I, I
0: can't speak for the books though. Go ahead.
1: I, I haven't read the books either, but like I know enough of the plot to know that the series went way beyond the books and became its own thing, and that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. And it was oh there was also so much about family. Actually, oh yeah. It was family by blood, family by friendship. Sounds yeah. Family by relationship.
1: You know, that series is such a beautiful portrayal of family that my uncle, who is not somebody you expect to be watching, like, you know, teen dramas, because he's, like, uh, baby boomer age. And, yeah, he has four kids, baby boomer age. Um, but he quoted um, the, fam- the originals. He quoted the originals during a family reunion. I forgot the exact quote, but it was about family. And that's I it. love
0: the Well, the the thing that I loved about him in The Vampire Diaries was that he was a villain, but his purpose was both clear and transcendent above... It's like beyond anything that anybody in that small town wanted. He was really a king. He thought big and far and wide. I loved him so much.
1: (laughs) I just... I I liked him because he was hot. (laughs) There's that.
0: Sorry! And his actor was...
1: Oh, Yes! yes oh no if you think about it because okay okay, so so when you when you were into twilight Mm. were you team edward or team jacob because that's the question everybody asks i'm just gonna do a little twilight segue here because i want to investigate something
0: Mm, i never considered there was a team jacob
1: okay wait i'm sorry no let me rephrase that were you team werewolf or team vampire team Werewolf. okay there we go so you like werewolves
0: I love werewolves.
1: Yes. So if you think about... So we recorded this episode after we recorded the episode about the eagle and we talked about abs in the yeah. eagle. Yes. <laughs> he finds abs hot and that's a very werewolfy thing to have. <laughs> Whereas yeah. I like my men pointy which is a very... Smooth and pointy which is a very vampire thing to say. You think about it. Like even my BTS bias is Kim Jin, and he, he literally says he's a vampire. <laughs> and he's allergic to garlic but he loves it but he loves garlic he's like his solution is to eat and scratch like oh, what are we gonna do eat and scratch there is no Korean food without garlic I will eat it that's what he said there is no Korean is, food without garlic I'm gonna eat and scratch they so, eat yes.
0: cloves right we would mix it in our yeah food. we just
1: like shove yeah. them in the samgyup and yeah. like
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah so he is very much into werewolfy men and I'm very much into like vampire men it's kind Which, of like that Minnesota about
0: the historical uh, the, the crushes but, yes fictional crushes because I like I like the people who are you know wild
1: and untamed one with the earth yeah that is uh, true and I like whatever and I like what do I like clever urbane aristocratic men
0: (laughs) which is vampire Yes it is. it
1: is. Okay so so there you go that is our spoopy episode. I'm sorry if it made absolutely no sense but you know what the thing about yeah. this is that liking vampires has become such a kind of eye roll thing because of I guess sadly because of twilight and because you know we have we live in a society that tends to hate on anything teenage girls like right so it's become like an eye roll like oh you're into vampires uh but I hope that by talking about it in this way, you can see the, the depth. The depth, <laughs> the, of, the depth of the fangs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really something you can bite into and not chew. Uh-huh. Suck the marrow Drink. out of. <laughs> yeah. Drink in. Yes.
0: Agree. Uh, and now I am really excited for that Twilight, twilight
1: episode.
0: my research, I am going to track the Midnight Sun tag on Tumblr, which is the most... Oh.
1: Spot just so you guys, you guys know E is gonna do a research project on this so I'm really excited to hear about it she's gonna do most of the talking in Twilight which is a good <laughs> thing because I have done most of the talking in this episode as the resident vampire so I will leave you with a recommendation if you guys would like to feel what it is like to be a classic vampire I advise you to put on Dance Macabre by Camille Sanson that's Saint saens if you guys don't know how to spell it it's okay it's it's French so yes so put <laughs> okay. that on and just do anything mundane drink water, walk around your house, just lounge on something while playing dance macabre. I promise and you then, you will you will feel like a vampire. That that is exactly what it like it's like to be a vampire.
0: And then edit it into a
1: TikTok video. Upload it and tag. And upload it and tag actually Frankie on TikTok. I'd love to see your vampire life challenges. I mean yeah. seriously. Anyway my name is F. My name is E. And hey you know what? Blah blah blah. Bye. <laughs> Bye.